tell your friends, the Mark and Max Show is back and better than ever. LifeRadio.fm. It is the Mark and Max Show. And, and before we miss this, Uh-oh. today is Festivus. Woo-hoo! The Festivus hey, for the rest of us. Everyone. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. So we got some fun coming up. For those of you who don't know what Festivus is, we will fill you in. Won't take long. It's kind of a, I thought it was created for Seinfeld by the Seinfeld show and then found out later. Nope, it is not. So uh, pretty cool stuff there, Marky Mark. Yes, it is. I'm actually excited I didn't miss it this year. <laughs> We've teased it so many times yes. and then blown right by it, you know? Yep. Every year. I'm not kidding. It was like, there was one year we talked about it in November. And yep. then it was like, we came back from Christmas vacation. And went, you know what? We, <laughs> we missed, missed Festivus. Festivus. Yeah. So there you go. We ain't missing it today. They got that coming up. But yep. uh, first things first, thank you for joining us. Uh, we ask that you share this with somebody. A lot of you are listening on the podcast share that uh just a quick thing on social media hey listening to the mark and max show podcast on liferadio.fm any anything you want to do just mention those things and you know that'd be fine with me please do share with a friend and and show them your app and if you don't have the app you're listening on your computer get the app yeah really it's really it's so much better it is you know when we were listening before we got the app it's like we were listening online going this really sounds good good job Mm -hmm. mark and then he goes yeah but wait to wait till the app just it'll be good and then the app it was like we had the app for droid but we both use an iphone so it just took more time yeah and then got the app and it's like really okay now i now i get it the world of difference it's so good a big time yeah yeah so get the app and use it it's the mark and mag show uh on the way more of your festivist stuff and just some general fun because it's you know december 23rd come on man we are this is christmas eve eve yep or festivist however you want to look at it liferadio.fm it's the mark and mag show on festivus and we've got a lot of ground to cover in a very short period of time (laughs) um but when i saw this story mark i've got to be honest with you my first thought was how how? (laughs) i can i can understand that yeah okay (laughs) the headline screams man arrested for allegedly stealing a pedestrian bridge this guy we're not talking about yeah you're not talking about something you did in your backyard you know over a a little koi pond here no no this would be bad enough yeah this is like in a park somewhere a 59 foot long pedestrian bridge last month was stolen it's been found and the man that stole it facing some charges. Police in Akron, Ohio, said investigators acting on tips and other information found the missing span partially disassembled on a property in Sharon Township in neighboring Medina or Medina County. I don't know how it's pronounced. A team of police officers converged on a property and conducted a search warrant, says Akron Police Department in their statement. During a search of the property, the bridge was found partially disassembled. A man's been arrested and charged with felony theft. The Akron Bridge, described as a Lego-like structure, once crossed a river in Akron's Middlebury Run Park near the tire company Goodyear's Global Headquarters. It was taken down in 2003-2004 as part of a wetland restoration project and was stored on park property with plans for it to be reused for a women's shelter project. Police discovered on November 3rd 
somebody had removed the treated deck boards of the nine-foot-wide, six-foot-tall structure. On November 11th, they found that the metal frame was gone. (laughs) A 63-year-old man was charged with felony theft, according to the Akron Police and Court Records. Authorities allege that he paid a trucking company for crane service, and the firm picked the bridge up and took it to Medina County. A suspect wow. was scheduled for arrangement in Akron Municipal Court. The bridge is expected to be shipped back to Akron in coming days. Okay, so <laughs> this bridge has been sitting for 16 years, 17 years, uh-huh. taken apart. Yeah. See, my vision was you've got this pedestrian bridge that people use every day, and right. somehow this guy got in there and stole a 59. That was my that was my yeah. vision here, yeah. okay? Yeah. But now you're thinking okay, you've been storing it. You took it down, you know, in 2003, 2004, and it gets stolen. And what are you going to do with it? Are you going to actually now put it back where it should go? Or are we going to go put it back into storage and, and have top men look into it? I mean, is this, yes. (laughs) Is this going to be the next Indiana Jones movie is what I'm after. Top men. Yes. (laughs) That's awesome. So this thing has been sitting around for ages. Oh, we were going to use that. Yeah. You know, yeah, we had plans for it. Uh, yeah. This mm-hmm. is like that stuff I keep in the garage, you know, right. I, I'm, yeah. never, I'm not throwing that away. That'll come in handy mm-hmm. someday. And then I, and, and it, it's as if, it's as if I would been hanging on to something for, t- for 15 or 20 years thinking yep. I'm going to use it again. And then somebody comes in and steals me blind and I don't know I've been, I've been yeah. robbed. You know, I just don't know I've been robbed until I actually yep. go looking for that thing I was going to use. You know, there's an entire show on Discovery TLC called Hoarders that is all about this. Yes. LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Max show. And during the music, Mark and I were talking, by the way, Christmas music today, uh, Christmas Eve tomorrow, Christmas Day following that, of course. But today is Festivus (laughs) and, uh. Got some festivist stuff to tell you about, but I, Mark and I were talking uh, during the music about, uh, I was telling about this radio station I used to listen to on my way to work in mornings. And because we were talking about Medina County, Akron, Ohio, uh, in our last news story. And I was telling Mark, the only reason I know how to pronounce that is because I used to listen to WTAM in Cleveland on my way to work in the morning. Now, granted, I'm driving out I-20. You know, in Alabama, <laughs> listening to a radio station out of Cleveland. Yeah. And, uh, but it was on AM radio at 1100. And so at night, you could pick those up, all kinds of stations. And it was just an amazing thing. Yeah. And I mean, now, of course, you know, on your smartphone, you can listen to TAM, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. on, online. But it's just amazing how there's an entire generation of people that don't know what AM radio is. Yeah. Uh, they don't realize, you know, what we used to listen to. And, yeah. uh, it's just funny because it's kind now, of sad too. You know? Yeah, it is. There's a whole thing, you know, that is just kind of by the wayside. And, um, you know, years ago they allowed uh, these little translators, FM translators to be put onto an AM station to make them viable mm-hmm. in terms of sales. And, yeah. you know, that was a good idea, but we were both going, why can't they digitize that? I mean, what, yeah. there's gotta be more to this than yeah. we know, but I'm the bottom to, line is they can all be online like us. Yeah. I'm going to have to look into that. Can I, yeah. I remember okay. sitting down and listening to the border blaster stations and stuff like that. Oh, wow. I just dated myself. Um, <laughs> because the yeah, big, the big high power AM stations that, uh, 
that were just across the border in Mexico and that oh, blasted like, all over the United States, you know? Yeah. And, American and, Graffiti, one of the main characters, Wolfman Jack. Yeah, that's what they talked about. Exactly right. And I was but he was, actually to, on, he was actually on a radio station right there in town, though, wasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't a million watts from right. Mexico. Yeah. but I And there were, there were shows that got heard everywhere because of that. I worked at a station oh. once that uh, was a big, it was a big, 50,000 watt AM, which is, which is as big as you can get right. on AM, you know, and, mm-hmm. and at night it would downshift the power and have to go directional right. because there was a station in Denver that it would interfere with if it didn't. And the Denver station right. was grandfathered <laughs> in and it had been there longer. Right. <clears throat> and, uh, but the thing was that our night times, you could hear them in Panama city, Pensacola, right. you could hear them like it was a local radio station. Right. And so people oh. going down to the beach to play could listen to us <laughs> at night, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it was weird it was very weird but it, but at the same time kind of cool you know okay now here's something weird now yeah. we'll move on but all right there's a station in jacksonville alabama where uh college town jsu is mm-hmm. located but two things one jsu um is the one of the main training grounds for csi stuff you know from the uh, police and an FBI and ah, all those. Okay. I know FBI has Quantico, but they get a lot of training in Jacksonville, which is in Calhoun County, Alabama, northeastern part of the state. And they train all that CSI stuff. And uh, it's it's just amazing what they have at this school. But there's a radio station there, an AM radio station. And, okay, one of the uh, more famous radio shows in the southeast is Rick and Bubba. Mm, yeah. And a friend of ours, Jeff Tanner. Um, who passed away several years ago. Well, Tanner and Bill Bubba Bussy used to work at that radio station. Bill actually owned part of it. Wow. Uh, he and a, yeah, anyway, but Bill is an engineer by trade. And so yeah. anyway, he got this radio station and Jeff Tanner, our buddy was working there and, uh, it being an AM station, it was like at full power, 50,000 Watts, non-directional. Right. Mm-hmm. But at night, of course it had to lower power and go directional. Well, one, they told me this, that, uh, Tanner was in jacksonville and his uh, morning show partner troy hayes was at panama city beach florida and bill Bubba bussy and all they were like you know if we had this at high power at like 5 a.m or 4 or 3 whatever time it was you know before the sun came up mm-hmm. you could hear this station in panama city beach florida and you're talking <laughs> about something in the late 80s early yeah. 90s yeah. here okay yeah a long time ago and so they did that they just one day decided while Troy was at the beach that they would turn it on uh, a little bit early and just see. And he recorded it down there and actually, and they did, it was just, you know, one of the, it's something that radio people really understand, you know? And it was just funny. They didn't keep it that way. They turned it right back, but you know, Mm. it was to prove, you know, cause you think in theory this should happen, but you don't know. And so they did it and it was like, yep. It sounded like a local station booming right there. Wow. How cool is that? Now you can imagine now, you know, with AM radio the way it is, with yeah. very few people even knowing what it is, yeah. um, that maybe, you know, you could do that. Just let mm-hmm. AM radio stations, that could be entertaining. Imagine what you would hear. Oh, yeah. You know what? What if they unlicense, what if they unlicensed the AM band mm. and just let people anywhere put whatever they wanted on it? Mm. I mean, I know it's crazy, but well, that could actually salvage it. Uh yeah, but the government has control of all that, and they never let go of oh, yeah. anything. So it's not, I know. never going to yeah. happen. It's just oh yeah. Hey, one last little conspiracy yeah. thing. <laughs> Years ago, uh, back in 2011, I think the government did 
a nationwide test of the emergency alert system. And it was, you know, I don't know if you remember it, but it was like in November and they, this one day at this one time, they were going to make sure that it could work, uh, that they could take over. And because Obama was president at the time, a lot of the, the, conservative uh Hmm. conspiracy people were like the government's gonna take over you know and (laughs) the thing is is that um they were talking they were talking about it theoretically and i'm reading some of this on the message boards and hearing people talk about it it was a big deal and thing is is that not only were they wrong but i'm actually i know what happened because i did it Hmm? i'm actually i actually had a lot to do with the actual emergency alert system we have today Hmm. and it goes back to being in a tornado march of 94 Mm -hmm. and because it the tornado happened on a sunday morning and the emergency uh broadcast system at the time it actually required manual it required human beings to actually send the tone, the alert tones. Yeah. And if you weren't in the building, it didn't get sent. Right. And that morning on Palm Sunday in 1994, uh, there were some questions after the tornado about did anybody get that signal that the tornado was on the way? And being a Sunday morning where a lot of stations were not staffed right. the way they should have been yeah. or, you know, there. So rather than uh, rather than blame any one person uh, and really go after him. They said, well, we got to change the system. Hmm. And during a meeting, I actually said, here's how it can be changed. Because I was a victim. So, I mean, I'm a broadcaster and I'm a victim of this thing. So, yeah, they were listening. Hmm. And we, you know, Rusty Mace, who will be joining us at some point, he and I actually had done this in North Carolina with two yeah. radio stations. We linked them up. And uh, anyway, so I was able to show them what we did and how it could be used with the emergency alert system. Okay. That was in 94. Yeah. So it gets us, it gets instituted. Flash forward to 2011, and the conspiracy wags are all freaking out about how the government secretly wow. put this thing together. And now I knew the genesis. I knew the whole story because I was involved. And I've got these people coming to me um, that are that they are really serious. Hmm. Dave, the government, can they really do this? You're our broadcasting guy. And I'm like, dudes, it it isn't that. <laughs> You know, it isn't about, yes, it could be done, but no, that's not what it is. (laughs) It was so funny because I actually got to see how the truth could be spun in such a way that conspiracy wags would lose their crackers. Wow. Yep. There you go. So much for the the long, crazy story of the day. There you go. Basic radio stuff. And, you know, Mark, we could come up with our own thing today. And because of the knowledge we have of broadcasting, we actually could say that the government's going to use the AM band to start talking to little groups around the country. You know, we could. Yeah, would, I, we could. We actually, could. I'm making notes on that right now. I need to help with the website later on today, okay? Oh, uh, yeah, me. sure. Go ahead and call me. And you know what? We will make Festivus our number one holiday. <laughs> liferadio.fm it's the mark and mag show good to have you with us today i know the last break was a little long and radio sensitive but you know sometimes it's it's just for us (laughs) yeah and that is one of those times but you know what gang we love you and we do appreciate you being here um today is festivus and i thought for the longest time that the festivus holiday was created by the writers of seinfeld yeah and that's not actually the case. So let's go ahead, Mark, if you don't mind. Mm. Um, I, as I as I get into the crawl space and pull out my pole, 
<laughs> Festivus. What is Festivus, Mark? For well, the, for the rest, what is Festivus? Explain to the rest of us. Okay, uh, according to Wikipedia, which is on this particular topic, is just Ooh. as trustworthy as any place else. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Festivus is a secular holiday celebrated on December twenty third. That would be today, as an alternative to the pressures and commercialism of the Christmas season. Originally <laughs> created by author Daniel O'Keefe. Festivus entered popular culture after it was made the focus of the 1997 Seinfeld episode, The Strike, which O'Keefe's son, Dan O'Keefe, co-wrote. The non-commercial holidays celebration, as depicted on Seinfeld, occurs on December 23rd and includes a Festivus dinner, an unadorned aluminum Festivus pole, practices such as the airing of the grievances and feats of strength, and labeling of easily explainable events as Festivus Miracles. <laughs> the episode refers to it as a Festivus for the rest of us. It's been described both as a parody holiday festival and as a form of playful consumer resistance. Journalist Alan Salkin describes it as the perfect secular theme for an all-inclusive December gathering. Well, <laughs> <laughs> and if we go to the Seinfeld episode yep. to actually get Frank, uh, this is George Costanza's dad, Frank Costanza, his explanation of the beginnings of Festivus, eh, he's asked a question by Kramer. Many Christmases ago, I went to buy a doll for my son. <laughs> I reached for the last one they had, but so did another man. As I rained blows upon him, I realized there had to be another way. What happened to the doll? It was destroyed. But out of that, a new holiday was born. A Festivus for the rest of us. Well, that must have been some kind of doll. She was. <laughs> and at the Festivus dinner, you gather your family around and tell them all the ways they have disappointed you over the past year. And is there a tree? No, instead there's a pole. Requires no decoration. I find tinsel distracting. <laughs> this new holiday of yours is scratching me right where I itch. Let's do it then. All right. Festivus is back! I'll get the pole out of the crawl space. <laughs> I love it. There you go. The beginning of Festivus. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mag Show. Happy Festivus. Please share that on social media or wherever and make sure you... And if somebody doesn't understand it, you know, just say, hey, check out the Mark and Mag Show, LifeRadio.fm. <laughs> because you know what, Mark? Nothing says... Christian radio like Festivus. <laughs> there you go. You're right. Nothing, nothing quite like that. Yeah. No. <laughs> All right. So you sent me this story yesterday, yeah, and I've yeah. got to be honest. Okay, I looked at it and went, okay, this is uh, this is the bag of crazy that mm. could. I, this sounds like something will happen to me. Okay. Uh -huh, yeah. Yeah. If you think about getting a car repoed, it's not unusual. It happens. Right. Five months after you buy it. Mm, I, I can see that happening, but if you paid cash for it, wait a minute. Yeah, right, that's you know? what I'm saying. Yeah. The kid paid cash for his car. Yeah. Dealer repossesses a teen's car five months after he paid cash for right. it. 16-year-old Jonathan Fredericks worked at a Chick-fil-A for over a year to save up enough money to buy his first car. And it wasn't just a tiny sum of money. It was $10,000. 
Wow. Frederick's grandfather, Larry Messer, said he'd take the newly turned 16-year-old car shopping for his birthday, and the two eventually ended up at a Dallas-area dealer called iDrive DFW. During their visit, D- uh, Fredericks and Messer dealt with a salesperson by the name of James Steelman. After some time, the teen was unable to find anything he liked on the iDrive DFW lot, and that's when Steelman offered his own personal vehicle for sale, a 2016 Mazda CX-5. Frederick said, it looked great. It was super clean, nice, and pretty new, so I was like, well, let's go for it. So the teen directly paid Steelman $9,893 for the CX-5 because, again, Steelman owned the vehicle. Five months later, while Fredericks was out shopping, he exited the store to find his vehicle getting towed. The dealer had tracked down Fredericks, uh, Fredericks down, um, tracked Fredericks down to repossess the Mazda because it never was Steelman's car to begin with. I drive DFW tells an interesting story. A manager, oh, no. <clears throat> a manager, from just, the- Mark. I'm just thinking. The name Steelman <laughs> tells you something, doesn't it? It does. A manager from the dealer uh, said that the Mazda was sold to Steelman months before, but they repossessed it when he stopped making payments. They also claimed that Steelman was working as a freelance salesman the day that Fredericks bought the vehicle. Have you ever heard of anybody working that? No, me neither. Uh, The dealer goes on to explain that due to these circumstances, the vehicle never uh, the vehicle belongs to the dealer. They also claim that they weren't aware Steelman ever sold the vehicle. Steelman also has an interesting explanation on his side of the story. He claims he was squared away on the Mazda with the dealer and had every right to sell the car. He also shares that he filed bankruptcy a year before and included the Mazda as a protected asset. He says, I'm just trying to make it right the best I can. His uh, past mm-hmm. kind of says otherwise. He wow. was convicted of fraud 13 years ago and had committed other white-collar crimes before that. But Steelman claims he's been trying to make his life better since. Hmm. Mm. Mm. No, no, I don't think so. No, I, I think if you look at his track record, he's he just saw an opportunity and jumped on it. You know? Wow. Bless the kid's heart. 90, nearly $10,000 out of pocket. That's just, you know, this is one of those rare occasions where if they posted a, uh, and I, I mean, I'm serious. One of those websites that gets money for people, you know, mm. go fund me or whatever. Yeah. I'd contribute that yeah. kid need that. Yeah. There's a 16 year old having this kind of thieving done to him. I mean, look, caveat emptor, the buyer beware. Right. Yeah. But when you buy a used car, here's the deal. When you buy a used car, there should be a title. Okay. Right. And because you get the title, you have to sign it, you know, mm-hmm. both the seller and the buyer. And that's a basic, at least it is here. And I, I, I know every state's a little bit different. Yeah. Okay. But the reality is I would actually, you know, I would help because mm-hmm. this is just wrong. A 16 year old that put sets his, his mind to something and goes out and accomplishes it. And, uh, you know, yeah. just wrong on every level. But I'm thinking there's not a, we're not getting the whole truth here. Mm. A freelance salesperson, meaning somebody yeah, comes on your lot that you don't pay anything <laughs> and they just get to sell stuff. Right. It, he's been convicted of fraud. He's not a person of good repute. Mm-hmm. And you're going to let them on your car lot to yeah. sell cars. Yeah. Well, the, the, the dealership, I drive DFW, they say that they're trying to make it right for him because mm-hmm. he's still out 10 grand for a car. Right. It'd be interesting to find out how they resolve the situation. Yeah. Give yeah. the kid the title to the car. Yeah. And uh, let's get everybody involved to look. Somebody's got his $10,000. Yep, okay. Exactly. 
And it seems to me it's the freelance salesman who has it. And Mm -hmm. it seems to me the freelance salesman needs There's some charges here, right? You've got fraud. Oh, yeah. You know, um, my gosh, defrauding the innkeeper when you go to a hotel and you, you know, don't pay for the hotel room and you sneak out kind of thing. Yeah. Well, he did that with the car. He sold something that didn't belong to him. That's thieving. Uh, I mean, there's a lot here. Yep. So, Mark, maybe you and I need to put on our capes and head to DFW. What do you think? I think we should. uh, But can we have breakfast first? LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Max show and Christmas music, having some fun. Yeah. Mainly because, you know, we, we are believers. And, you know, Mark... We, as believers, should have more fun than anybody else. True. We really should be in a better mood. We should be filled with joy and peace and all those things. And uh, sometimes we forget that, I think. Yeah. I mean, we. Like I, said. I mean, the word tells us that we've been set free. And if you're free, right. shouldn't you be free to laugh? Yeah. You oh know, I think you should. You should be free to laugh. And if I mean, you're, you know what, if you're laughing while you count cuss words in a movie to tell people how horrible these things are, yeah, okay, fine. You know, if that's your thing. That's really Not stuck. Our, that's really stuck with you, hasn't it? It has, you know, but mainly because look, Mark, with uh, the Mark and Mac show has uh, survived many incarnations. But the bottom line is, I, I remember back before the Mark and Mac show, I was at a country radio station in Birmingham, Alabama, mm. and just being who I am, uh, you know, as a Christian man, family man, all that, you know, I got invited to speak at churches all over the place. Yeah. Uh, almost, I mean, it got to a point where LaDonna kept a notebook of the sermons, you know, that I was doing yeah. and where I was doing them. And it was just kind of a neat notebook she put together. And when I went to work with you at WDJC in Birmingham, Christian radio station, I never got invited. It was like, because we had now walked into the church, you know, and mm. here's the choir and that's who you need to entertain. And if you didn't do that, well, you were going to catch grief. <laughs> and it was just so amazing to me that the church in general, people who, you know, Christians who went to church were listening to a country music station in the morning yeah, yeah. and not the Christian. And the reason was fun, yeah. joy, information, you know, it's like all these things that we do yet Christian radio was in this really tight box. And it was just to make us feel better. It was joy in the morning and very solemn. I mean, it was almost like we're, we're marching to our funeral, you know? And, and, and what gets me is how hard they fought to keep it that way. Right. It just, oh, oh, the bottom line is when you stand there at the end of time, when you stand in front of the King of Kings and he said, I gave you all this and what did you do with it? Mm. You know, there's gotta be an explanation, but anyway, I know there's a place for uh, listener-supported uh, radio like that, where you make people feel good about their Christian life, uh, make them, you know, that, I know that. I don't have a problem with that, really. But when Mark and I were first doing this and continues today, we looked at it as an evangelistic tool. Mm. And it was like, in that first year, I just will, I'll never forget going from, I'm talking about country radio going to a different church every other week and going into Christian radio and nothing. Mm. And it's because, well, you know, it, it was just weird. Yeah, so Mark right. and I created the Mark and Mac revival tour yep. and we went out 
and said, fine, we're going to take, a, you know, to churches that want to have a unique, different event. We'll take it to you. Yeah. And it was just funny. The resistance we got from the religious, the Pharisees, the religious people really fought us on mm. reasoning. And it just, even now I look at it, I think we need, the world needs a savior. We've got to start talking about this, you know, yeah. and, 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 and loudly talk about it because we have the joy. We have the peace. We have the freedom. And we aren't sharing it. And the reason we aren't sharing it is because we don't experience those things. Mm. And whose fault is that? Mm. You know? And so ultimately we need to get back on that horse and start sharing the love of Jesus. And that love comes, he was funny. Jesus was funny. Mm. You know, when you look at how he taught and you think about, you know, he was exasperated. So what am uh, I yeah, just, yeah. How long like, do I have really? to put up with you people? I mean, yes, I, mean, <laughs> yes, I can heal you. Okay, fine. But that you're, you guys are thinking small. You're not thinking big enough. Just funny. I love but the way anyway, when the Pharisees would come to him and he's, Oh, look, here they come. I can just see that happening. You know, mm -hmm. oh, there they yeah. are again. Look at, yeah. them. look at them. Look at them. They look like tombs full of whitewashed tombs full of dead men's bones. Think about it. Huh? You know? <laughs> hey, hey, Andy, hand me that stick for a minute. All right. Here's this line. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> I love that story about the woman convicted of adultery or where they brought him before him and he, he's just sitting there kind of scribbling in the sand and they all left one by one, you know? Yeah. And I heard somebody explain it one day. It's like what he was doing was he was writing all their names in the sand because they had all been with this woman. <laughs> and one by one, when they realized, oh, he's got us, they're all just leaving, you know? <laughs> yeah. He didn't need social media. No. <laughs> liferadio.fm it's the mark and mac show as we count it down to christmas today though not missing it today it's festivus hey happy festivus everyone <laughs> <laughs> now <laughs> there are a couple things associated with festivus yeah that uh that, that one has to do one it's the pole mm -hmm. instead of a tree the festivus pole mm -hmm. now are there rules and regs on the pole, or can it just be anything, Mark? It's It has to be an aluminum pole. It, ah. it can't be any other material. Aluminum, it is a, it ha, and that's because it has a great strength-to-weight ratio. Okay. <laughs> it has to be now, aluminum. Do, do we decorate the pole? No. Does it have a pole stand, or we no, leave it in no, the corner? No, 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 no. There's no, no, no decorations, because tinsel is distracting. It's just, <laughs> you just don't do that. No. Okay. Unadorned. So we have, all right, an unadorned festivus pole mm -hmm. but there are other things that are associated with festivus things that one does right uh yeah there's a festivus dinner where everybody gathers together and it all starts with something called the airing of grievances welcome newcomers <laughs> the tradition of festivus begins with the airing of grievances i got a lot of problems with you people now you're gonna hear about it <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> all right so <laughs> sitting down to have a nice meal but before we dig in <laughs> that's kind of like a dream come true and they have to sit there and listen right <laughs> got a lot of problems with you people and now you're gonna hear about it <laughs> all of them 
Okay, so make your notes now. I mean, you got an early start on this because later on today when you actually have the family together and you can present them with your Festivus Day, this is the one Festivus that you have the chance to grab control, you know, and they're not going to be prepared. So you get them all in their back and just say, no, here, I've got my list. If you don't have your list, you don't get to talk. Why is it that I get the impression that Frank and Stanza had a book? You know, <laughs> he kept it in his pocket and just wrote everything that ticked him off down. <laughs> the original Sheldon, you know. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Max show. And, uh, you know, we've talked about Festivus and just kind of having some fun with it because, well, it's just silly. <laughs> and far too many times we get too serious about stuff, you know, and. <laughs> I just think it's funny. Yeah. Again, I think it's funny that I thought they created it for Seinfeld, but actually it was before then, which is kind of neat. Yeah. And, uh, but we've had, we got the Festivus poll instead of the tree. Yeah. We have, you sit down in the very first event in the list of things one does for Festivus. And by the way, this opens the door for creating your own things to do, your own <laughs> Festivus traditions, you know? And so the first thing is the airing of the grievances. Right. Yeah. Which, you know, that's kind of a neat thing. Yeah, course, that's you know, true. Yeah. You yeah. Things you're supposed to let go of that some people don't, you know. And well, the, ups, the upside of airing grievances before dinner is that people aren't going to eat a lot afterwards, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, you really don't have to spend a lot of money on food. <laughs> yeah. But then... Up next, it's the feats of strength. Yeah, right? that's how After things wrap up. That's the, that's the final tradition. Oh, oh yeah, okay. okay. And I... Hey, it's celebrated immediately following um, the Festivus dinner. The okay. head of the household selects one person at the Festivus celebration and challenges them to a wrestling match. Okay. That's very jolly. A, it's a tradition states that Festivus is not over until the head of the household is pinned. <laughs> <laughs> and in the episode on Seinfeld, uh, Kramer manages to circumvent the rule. He creates an excuse to leave. Yeah, I got a thing. I got to I gotta go. I, you know, <laughs> the, uh, the feats of strength are mentioned twice in that episode before they actually take place. And in both instances, they don't give any detail about what has to happen. But in both okay. instances, George Costanza ran out of the coffee shop in a mad panic, implying he had a bad experience, bad experiences with the feats of strength in the past. Um, and what, it, what the feats of strength entailed was revealed at the very end of the episode uh, when it took place. Failing to pin the head of the household results in Festivus continuing until he is pinned. <laughs> Can everybody pile on? <laughs> I don't know if it's a group event or not. But <laughs> wow. Wow. So happy Festivus. I yeah. like when ah, this scratches me right where I itch. I you know? know. This holiday of yours is scratching me where I itch. <laughs> Mark and Mac mornings only on liferadio.fm. Liferadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show, just kind of having some fun today with uh, Festivus. Yeah. Not taking away from Christmas by oh, any stretch. Y'all no, know that. No. You got Christmas Eve tomorrow, followed by Christmas, but Festivus, December 23rd. And I, I've mentioned this several times because I did think for years that it was a, a created for a Seinfeld episode in the 90s. Yeah. And we found out not so much. It was the son of the original, the guy who came up with Festivus, 
actually, it was his son that incorporated Festivus into a Seinfeld episode. Yeah, yeah he co-wrote the. And episode, there's more yeah. to it than you know. There, there are other things that you you were talking about a clock in a bag or something, right? Yeah, uh, we we talked about the Festivus poll. And uh, right. that, the aluminum pole actually was not part of the original O'Keefe family tradition. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, that celebration centered on putting a clock in a bag and nailing it to a wall. <laughs> and I would like to, I would like to yeah. find this guy and ask him to explain what they were doing and mm-hmm. why. <laughs> I, I don't know I, huh? <laughs> i'm thinking it had something to do with tom hanks and his fedex movie where he's lost on an island because time is precious or something i don't know or a pinata that's um, just weird you know. <laughs> a great show <laughs> that was funny all right now mark yeah there's a story um a toll past holder received a 16 dollars refund and then it's charged nearly a million dollars. Yeah. If you live in an area where you have toll roads, for example, uh, those of you who live in our part of the country in the southeast, if you've driven to Disney World, for example, you understand you're going to be paying some tolls on the highways in Florida. And they have a system there called uh, SunPass that uh, you can you can set it up. It's all automatic. You can just drive through the SunPass lane, and it just deducts it all from the account you set up, right? Instead of pitching a quarter at a time in baskets, you just kind of zip through the things and go forward. Well, in Halifax, Nova Scotia, a resident there who regularly uses the Cobequid toll pass system to visit family in New Brunswick was happy to get a $16 refund from from his their e-pass account. Uh, now that the tolls are gone for the Nova Scotia registered vehicles, they've taken that away there. But that joy over a little bit of extra cash quickly turned into some worry when Cat Felix then saw a charge for $9,999, wait, $999,999 in tolls. Why they couldn't have just added one more buck and made it a million? I don't know. Maybe there weren't <laughs> enough digits in the system. Hey, Felix, it was a marketing issue. Yeah. Felix said it all started after they updated their credit card information to get a refund. He said, throughout the day, I kept getting these text messages. And at first, I thought they were spam messages, you know, somebody purporting to be my credit card company. Somebody was trying to charge me almost a million dollars. So I thought, oh, this must be fraudulent. Kind of ignored the text messages. Then the text became phone calls from Felix's credit card company. The agent there informed Felix the Highway 104 Western Alignment Corporation was looking for a hefty toll payment to pass through the 45-kilometer section of highway that connects (laughs) Cumberland and Colchester counties there. They're trying to charge you a million dollars, so we wanted to make sure. (laughs) (laughs) Then the agent asked if Felix wanted their credit limit increased. (laughs) 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 Of course, I'm not going to request a credit limit increase for that. Thankfully, it didn't go through. Turns out Felix wasn't the only one. This has happened. Hold on. Mark, would you say, if they said, do you want us to increase your limit? Like, okay, <laughs> I don't want to pay for that charge, but yes, go ahead and increase it to a million. You know, just nuts. Yeah. Oh, sure. Go ahead. I got a few things I want to buy. Imagine, <laughs> imagine walking around, you see a new house and you're like, I'd like to have that. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Well, no, no need a mortgage. Just, you got a, you got your little iPhone thing so I can swipe my card, you know? <laughs> Yikes. Well, according to Brett Loney, spokesperson for Nova Scotia's Department of Public Works, other Highway 104 toll users had similar million-dollar charges applied to their accounts. The situation Man. has been resolved, he said, and the individual has been refunded the remaining funds from their uh, their 
They've been refunded the remaining funds from their Coquibid Pass account. From what we can understand from having had our team investigated, it was a unique glitch involving only this individual and just a handful of others. At no time was this individual or anyone else's account actually charged any additional money, and all have been refunded. All right, now, I want to know if anybody got this and could, you know, actually get it paid, you know? Wow. Can you imagine? How many trips across this area would it would that pay for? Yeah, really. You know? <laughs> I'm just thinking, who has a million dollars in there, you know, uh, that can do that? I, right. I, I'd like to find out how that is possible because, you know, <laughs> I'm just spitballing here, but I can imagine a few people taking advantage of that, Mark, you know, mm, just a few. Maybe. Wow. million bucks. Yeah. For tolls. And I was balking at like 20 bucks for one trip. <laughs> for whom the bell tolls, yeah. you know. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. Hopefully you're enjoying some of the Christmas music we've mixed in. And, uh, I mean, at this point in time, no matter where you go, something's playing. That, uh, you know, Santa's coming to town. He's running over your grandma while he's on the way. And the little boy that's trying to get a picture of him ain't getting nothing for Christmas, you know. And uh, hey, even, if, even if the kid wants a hippopotamus. In it, uh, oh, my gosh, yeah. yes. Mm. And his two front teeth. Yep. But what's really bad is, well, had to tell daddy about mommy kissing Santa Claus. Oh, no. That was kind of made for a very uh, difficult Christmas Eve dinner. That's for sure. All right. Mark, <laughs> a mix up at Lowe's refund desk. Now, mm-hmm. used to be, and I this is one of those funny little things from childhood. The day after Christmas was the big return day. Right. Uh, you know, stores would be closed Christmas Day. And then very next, on the 26th, man, we'd be there lined up yep. to, you know, <clears throat> You got toys that are broke, you know, whatever. And th- that was a crazy day. Do you remember that? I do. Yeah. And now with so much being done online and, you know, things are, I'm sure it's still going to be crazy, you know, but I think it it's was just the crazy. second busiest day of the year for retail. Right. Yeah. It used to be. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's funny. So I got a feeling that, you know, there's going to be a lot of that going on because when you order things online and they arrive, you know, we, Hannah, I've told you this, Hannah did her stuff early mm. and smart I, I know it's like i i actually told Ladonna. i said you know i know my baby looks like me you now but we might you know there's certain things about her character that you know maybe a dna test is in order because i don't know that she's mine you know because, the kid is too smart no nah, she's way 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 so anyway it, put it this way she put stuff away so long because she didn't want it to impact her financially she right. wanted it spread out yeah and so as she was going through her you know getting ready stuff it's like because I've been the one responsible for making sure they're put up, right? Yeah. Where they can't be found. And um, she <laughs> was like, oh, I forgot I got that. I forgot about this one, you know, because she got them a month ago or two months right. ago. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. Like Clark, this is how. Like Clark Griswold in the attic. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, mom from 1988. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, just kind of a cool, you know, cool little thing. But it's like there are those moments where I'm looking at some of these going, you know, I think he outgrew that already. But anyway. <laughs> All right. So. When uh, I'm thinking about the refund return desks at a number of different places are going to be a little busy. And there was a mix up at a Lowe's refund desk. Yeah. And this happened in Maine. And it's it's bizarre because it resulted in a man's ashes getting lost on the shelves at Lowe's because his his family, his family put his ashes, his the container with his ashes. They put them in a ceiling like box that ended up getting returned for a refund. 
And, and oh, no, they this did. was all a big accident, right? Grandpa's remains have been reunited with the family, but that happened only after somebody brought the ceiling light and came across the ashes tucked inside. They bought Mark, the ceiling light, and then they, they came across the ashes in the box. This family has somebody that's related to me, you know, <laughs> because this was not an accident. This was, hey. Hey, 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 come here a minute. We got a plan for Papa. <laughs> well, the Banger Police Department's shared on their Facebook page. Who the heck was Grandpa G? Has Grandpa G's cremains? Stranger things wow. have happened, but this is a bit perplexing to a crew of more than adequately adept police officers. Here's the story. Local man purchased a ceiling light at Lowe's Home Improvement Store in Bangor, Maine. Inside the sealed box was a collection of family memorabilia that had no place inside a light box from Lowe's Home Improvement Emporium. He found old family photos, a small tan manila envelope, and a small manila envelope containing Grandpa G's ashes. The department ah. learned of the discovery from a staff at Lowe's. No other names were among the mem- mementos, uh, leading the department to ask the community for help in finding the family. The post has since gotten about 5,000 reactions and comments. Uh, the officials wow. write, hey, if you know them, notify them or notify us through a private message on Facebook. <laughs> if, you, if you are them, you can, con- you can call the station to collect your box of memories. Wow. Can you and imagine? you know there's somebody... Yeah. Yeah, you imagine buying that thing. You've seen it online. Yep. You've looked at it. This is the abs. This is the one you've got to have for your house. This is the mm-hmm. light fixture you want for that hallway or whatever. You get it home and open it up and wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Why are all these photos and what's in this envelope? Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> and you know, you've got somebody going, I do not want to go back to Lowe's again. Just take that <laughs> stuff out and I'm hanging that lamp. Yeah. You know? <laughs> LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show, counting down to Christmas and celebrating Festivus all at the same time. <laughs> Pretty cool at this at this stage of the game, you know, because it's been it has been full on running towards Christmas since Thanksgiving Day, mm-hmm. and we have a day today to just kind of go. Wait, here's the brakes. Tap them, tap, 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 and Festivus. Mm. Um, can you run the the audio of uh, of of the doll of of how oh, Festivus the Festivus began? story began? Sure, yeah. yeah, yeah. Many Christmases ago, I went to buy a doll for my son. <laughs> I reached for the last one they had, but so did another man. As I rained blows upon him, I realized there had to be another way. What happened to the doll? It was destroyed. But out of that, a new holiday was born. A Festivus for the rest of us. That must have been some kind of doll. She was. <laughs> and at the Festivus dinner, you gather your family around and tell them all the ways they have disappointed you over the past year. And is there a tree? No, instead there's a pole. Requires no decoration. I find tinsel distracting. <laughs> Frank, this new holiday of yours is scratching me right where I itch. Let's do it then. All right. Festivus is back. I'll get the pole out of the crawl space. <laughs> you may be thinking you can take advantage of Festivus and get another day off work. You know, it might yeah. be. I need the 23rd off. Hey, I hired you to work during the holidays. This is the holidays. But it's Festivus. What? You know you're infringing on my right to celebrate new holidays. That's not a right. <laughs> <laughs> you can try. <laughs> It sounded legitimate to me. I, when I explained it to myself, I agreed. There you go. 
All right, but Mark, before we move on, we have a, a I'm guessing a Guinness Book of World Records oh, story. Oh yes, two. Okay, it's a twofer. Oh, mm-hmm. A California teenager with a talent for solving Rubik's cubes unofficially mm-hmm. broke two. Count them two world records by solving a cube while juggling and solving a cube while hanging upside down. Ethan Jan, he's a junior at Redlands High School, took on, took to the school's Terrier Gym to take on the records for fastest time to solve a rotating puzzle cube while juggling and fastest time to solve a rotating puzzle cube upside down. Did you notice they don't refer to it as a Rubik's Cube? The, Why is cate- that? the category, it's a rotating puzzle cube because they may have, it, there may be some sort of licensing thing oh, to be able to yeah. use the Rubik's name. You know, mm. you're making money off of this. You're telling stories about, because you're selling the book, right? The Guinness Book of Records. Oh, okay. You're going to be selling the book. It's got Rubik's name in it. They want a slice. Mm-hmm. So, wow. okay. Well, we'll just call it a rotating puzzle cube then. I'm just trying to figure out how this kid is able to get the colored squares off the cube <laughs> and get them glued back on while he's juggling. That's a lot because, of feeling and sticking, you know, it really yeah, that's is. the only way I'm solving that puzzle. I've never solved it. And he managed to do it twice, once in 15.63 seconds. And the second time in 17.16 seconds. That's just wrong. Yeah. Mm. He actually attempted the, the upside down attempt. He did it in 8.91 yeah. seconds. Like that's under nine seconds to solve the cube. Uh, that's crazy. It takes me that long just looking at the cube to figure out my first move. You can do that that fast? Hey, did your brother, didn't your brother become an expert yeah, at that? he did. Back when the Rubik's Cube first came out and they had to, mm-hmm. it was a huge thing. I bought the book and uh, right. there was a little booklet that walked you through the process. And once you walk through it in the book, you under you get it. You understand, right? right? But it's, okay. it's also one of those things that you, once you, you know, you do it, you can pick it up for a while and do it. But if you don't do it for a while, you sit there and go, okay, I know there's a pattern to this. It's like the, it's like the, uh, the golf tee puzzle at, at, uh, yeah, you know what I'm, t- you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, so, uh, you go to Cracker Barrel and they got the golf tee puzzle. Right. And if you know how that works and you do it frequently enough, you remember, but if it goes for a few months afterwards, you're going, Oh, that was the wrong move. I did, you, know, oh, okay. you know what I mean? And yeah. The Rubik's Cube is the same way. So I got it solved and finally decided oh, that's it. I, so I, I, I made a little stand for it and I stuck it on top of the TV. It's solved. It's done. Right. right. My brother comes home from Alaska for a visit. The same visit where I found him outside at 30 degrees, barefoot, <laughs> barefoot, blue jeans, T-shirt, <laughs> sipping coffee, you know, watching the squirrels. And he's like, oh, you this- can take the redneck out of Alabama yeah. and move him to Alaska, but you cannot take it. <laughs> yeah. But he comes back from where it's 40 below and it's only right. 30 degrees. It's like, this is nothing. But he he says, oh, you've got a Rubik's Cube. And I said, yeah. He said, you mind if I play with it? And I said, sure, go ahead. And I handed it to him and walked in the kitchen and poured a cup of coffee and he came around the... I Actually, I messed it up first. I spun it all right. around and handed it oh, to okay. him. And then I walked around the corner into the kitchen and poured a cup of coffee. And he walked around with nothing in his hands a few seconds mm-hmm. later, a minute later. And I said, did you give up? He said, oh, no, I finished it. <laughs> wow. In like a minute. He finished the thing and put it back on the stand. Oh, yeah, man. All right. So, well, I'm not the last person to come to the party because there's probably <laughs> somebody going, a what? <laughs> you know, but... Other than that person, I know there's a pattern. I just don't know it. I yeah. haven't done it. So the book works. Like if I go and get a Rubik's cube and I buy the book about solving mm-hmm. it, that I can yeah. do that. Yeah. Okay. It's not a ripoff. No, it's not a ripoff. You can It is solvable. You don't have to peel okay. and stick the labels and everything. There <laughs> okay. is a, there is a pattern to how it works. And once you learn the pattern, it, the pattern works every mm-hmm. time to solve it. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. 
That just seems weird. Yep. And wrong. <laughs> I don't believe you. I think okay. I'll buy one now. I think you should. <laughs> I no way, man. Yeah. No way, because I'm gonna. That would drive me crazy. <laughs> and I would mess it up and never work. That pattern doesn't work for me. <laughs> With my like, I download the wrong one. You know. Uh huh. <laughs> the book designed to drive your dad crazy. <laughs> liferadio.fm it's the mark and mag show on festivus good to have you with us today we do ask that you share it mark's posted some things on social media about festivus and you know just have some fun and share it um just goofiness yes that's all it is it's just goofy all right mark so we have heard plenty of stories of people uh getting busted for stealing uh from their neighbor's front porch yeah porch pirates uh they're yes these porch pirates uh there it's sad uh that people do that but yeah you know it's the day we live in mm-hmm. so when i see the headline i actually read it wrong okay i read porch pilot steals 10 pound box of treats and i thought are we talking hershey's are we talking reese's peanut butter but then i reread it like, oh it's not porch it's pooch uh-huh <laughs> it is and have you seen there's a guy named mark rober and uh, this guy this is this ties into the story the his name is mark rober he's an engineer done a lot of work with nasa and some other places and he's got this thing that he does every year where he builds what he calls a glitter bomb for porch pirates it's a box and Uh it it looks like uh it could be anything that's popular and potentially very valuable and it looks like it's been delivered to his front porch with a you know with the uh, ups sticker on it and it's sitting there in the box like a like a a uh, an apple home speaker setup or something like that but when you open it it sprays glitter everywhere. It sprays fart spray. It uh, <laughs> it uh, it says ha ha or something like that, you know. And, yeah. And it okay. makes it makes it sound like a police scanner. And oh wow. And it does. And it has it has cell phones mounted in it with cameras, and they're on and they're online. So it's got cameras wow. on four sides. So it's it's taking video of everything the whole time just to catch wow. porch pirates. I love it. Uh, you ought to look that up. It's on YouTube. Just look for glitter okay. glitter bomb. Um, okay. Just look for glitter bomb, and you'll find right. it. But okay. a, a Texas resident shared security camera footage identifying the thief who stole a ten pound package from their porch. Turns out it was a neighborhood dog. <laughs> Willie Mills of Lubbock posted a video to next door showing the pooch pirate struggling to carry this heavy box, which Mills says contained milk bone dog treats. Well, there's your clue. The the post says the dog only took the milk bone box, leaving behind several other packages. Well, duh. The the commenter on the post, Becca Elder, uh, identified the canine in the video as her husky named Kit Kat. She wrote that Kit (laughs) Kit Kat had escaped from her fenced yard about a quarter mile from Mill's home. Elder said Kit Kat was found later in the day, but she had no idea the dog had been getting up to mischief until she saw that video. Elder writes, she showed no signs of having eaten anything and happily ate her dinner that night. I had no idea of the thievery until I saw that video. (laughs) My goodness. (laughs) That's just funny. It is. I had a, uh, I ordered a keyboard for my computer one time. Mm -hmm. And uh, my next door neighbor, days later, it had been raining and everything. Days later, the lady next door rings my doorbell and she's standing there holding this rain soaked package that uh she found in her front yard with teeth marks in it 
<laughs> one of the neighborhood dogs had taken the keyboard off my front porch and and been chewing on it and was was unsatisfied with it and just dropped it in her yard and it sat there for days <laughs> so yes dogs do steal packages from wow. your porch Wow. We know it's funny because in my neighborhood, I mean, we see the FedEx UPS trucks. I mean, constantly they're, they're on a a regular days. They're in here, you know, once or twice a day, but you know, of course during the holidays, it's been all over and I have paid attention to other cars in our neighborhood, you know, just in case, just, you know, it's not like I'm uh, the security guy in the neighborhood or neighborhood watch commander or anything else. But you know, when you live in a neighborhood like we do, where if you're not, going to visit if you don't live here or going to visit somebody you got no business going through there's no cut through this is not a shortcut right and so i've been eyeballing it because we do see a lot of trucks making a lot of deliveries Mm -hmm. and uh having seen enough of these people caught on the ring doorbell camera thing yeah and it's like uh we haven't had that problem in our neighborhood but there will come a time that it will you know Mm -hmm. just law of averages it's going to happen yeah and so do you have that? You've got the ring doorbell yeah, thing, right? And that was one of the reasons I got it. Uh, I got okay. it because of the dog incident. Mm-hmm. That was one right. thing. And that was not the first time that it happened. So I thought, ah, right. all right, I need to, that and that and the knee surgery thing. I knew that yeah. one, because at our house, uh, we have a split foyer <laughs> and me getting up and down the stairs right after oh, knee okay. surgery was going to be a bit of a challenge. So I, yeah. I would leave the door unlocked for the home therapy people to come. You know, yeah. they'd come to the door and I'd say, hey, it's open. Come on in. You know, yeah, and that was gotcha. that was helpful. But okay, but we do have one of those, and it's very handy. I've expanded it since then. I've got a camera over the driveway too, and some other places that I won't tell you paranoid, about here. Mark? Hmm? Say what? <laughs> yeah, nothing. No, I'm actually not paranoid. It's just that, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am. LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Max Show on Festivus. Thank you for joining us today. <laughs> When you, uh, if you get a chance to listen to the podcast, you'll catch all our festivist stuff. Yeah, uh, the podcast available everywhere your daily podcast is. I feel like KTEL. You remember the <laughs> KTEL albums? Yes, Boy, they were big this time of year. You know, uh, back in the day, available you where fine them. records are sold. Yeah, yes, KTEL. <laughs> but you know what? I remember there was um there was an album that uh, was being sold like you know it was a discount it was like four ninety nine. I'm making I don't know how much it was, but it had all these great songs on it, and I was so excited, man! I wanted because I was a kid. Yeah, I'm like, wow, I can get these greatest hits, and I got it. I was so excited, you know. I got brought it home. I put it on. I'm like, whoa, wait a minute, <laughs> who are these people? I, that <laughs> that's little dude's coup, but that ain't the Beach Boys, you know that kind of thing. Yes, and so I started looking at it. And it's like it does have these greatest hits but they're all done by like the ktel players you know uh-huh. i'm like really not one not one original in the whole thing mm-hmm. and they they hose me i just wonder how many of those albums got sold in the 70s you know because yeah. they yeah. were you well you had that right next to the chia pet the mood ring and uh <laughs> and probably you know the ginzu knives which by the way now you can go to gatlinburg and you can go to the you know say that seen on tv seen store on tv yes Man, can you get Slim Whitman story. albums there? That's what I ah, want. Ah, Slim. I just want that pencil thin mustache. That's all I want. All right. Well, he was more popular in Europe than Elvis, you know. 
You know, the only time Slim Whitman ever was valuable in, to me was in the movie When Mars Mar- Attacks. Mars Attacks. <laughs> yeah, now I did qualify that to me because apparently, you know, in Europe or some countries where they don't have any other music, Slim's yodeling actually is a a powerful tool to use. Oh, my. I don't know what for, but good grief, man. Ah, shrimp. Yep. Remember that in Box. Car Willie, he was another one of those guys. Mm-hmm. You know, there was Boxcar Willie, uh, and there yeah. was you know That's Slim true. Whitman. Yep, and there are a few others like, and the guy with the pan, Zamfir, the pan flute. Oh, Zamfir, the pan flute. Oh my goodness, he sold yes. more albums than Elvis. That was uh-huh. the thing. I it do. was almost yeah. like right after Saturday Night Fever came out, and everybody was taught to dance by Disco Danny Terrio. <laughs> you know, I taught John Travolta how to dance. He had like five guys all claiming they taught John Travolta how to dance. It's like that same. So we grew. We are. Products of the 70s. Mm-hmm. Click clack. You remember those? The, oh, the, I do. This was the toy that could shatter and blind you at the <laughs> drop of a hat. You know? It's like the yeah. people who made these toys for our generation, mm-hmm. they, they yeah. actually would be put in prison today uh-huh. by this generation. That's right. That lawn darts. The lawn darts? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's like sharpen those things because they oh, don't man. stick unless they're sharp. Uh-huh. You know what's happening now is that people are wearing Google out because nobody knows what we're talking about. Oh, gosh. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac Show. Festivus uh, is a time of joy for people all over the world, and uh, we're trying to... <laughs> hey! Happy Festivus, everyone! <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. It's a festival right. miracle. <laughs> I woke up this morning. It's a miracle. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right, Mark. One of the things that people do that that really grinds my gears. Yeah. And I it's just me and it's just a pet peeve. You might not think this, but I don't like it when people take a holiday and mess it up by making it into a personal thing like proposing okay oh, oh, okay i th- i think a wedding proposal should be done at a time away from other things hmm. uh, other holidays birth it shouldn't be on a birthday oh, it shouldn't okay. be around christmas new okay. year's or you. you know i oh like, again, a, ba- this like is a basketball game on the jumbotron just a, dr- a regular thing I, yeah not my thing okay that you know i <laughs> I, I, but again, I know I'm wrong. Okay, in feeling this way, I do. Are you? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, but you're cold well, and, and evil. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's me. Mm-hmm. I did. I, you know, this week in Alabama, the uh, there's been a uh, a court. Uh, the Alabama Supreme Court has overruled a, a lower court ruling where a man um, actually just, gave his girlfriend, man. a man who gave his girlfriend of many years an engagement ring, and uh, uh, it was around Christmas, but he gave her this ring. And, uh, they began planning the wedding and they never actually got to a date. Okay. They didn't actually pick the date. Yeah. And when they broke up, uh, I think about seven months after, you know, he gave her the ring, um, he, she sold it. Oh, now this was, I think a $36,000 ring. Woo! And, oh, I know. Holy and moly. So after the engagement was canceled, after, you know, we're not getting married. He wanted the ring back mm. and she was like, it was a gift. You know, it, it's mine to do with what I please. And so he, they went to court and a, a court ruled in her favor saying, ah, hey, that's a gift. Well, he appealed and in his argument, he said, look, I gave her the engagement ring, but the implication was if we, this is, this is based on you, you keep the ring after we're married. 
you know, if we don't get married, this is not a gift. It is an engagement ring. It has a purpose, you know? Yeah. And he won in the, the, uh, and because she sold it for like 10 grand. Okay. Said she needed it for rent or something. And anyway, he wants his money back now. Wow. And, uh, yeah. So the higher court did rule in his favor. We'll see what else happens, but you be careful. If you're trying to give the engagement ring at Christmas as a gift, you're muddying the waters here. Okay. Mm, Just saying, if you think the engagement breaks down and you want it back, if you give it to her at Christmas time where it could be implied that it's a gift, Uh well, you're going to lose. Wow. Just I'm throwing that out there. Yikes. So an Illinois man, about the airing of the grievances. Wow. Yes. There you go. (laughs) So an Illinois man uh, proposes to his girlfriend during a white house tour. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A Chicago area couple's visit to the White House became extra mem- uh, memorable when the man conspired with White House staff. Got to be careful with that lately, by wow. the way, to propose yeah. during the tour. Michael Sayer, or as it could be Sayre, said he and his girlfriend, Jennifer Jafari, were planning to take a tour of the White House with his nine-year-old twins, Jocelyn and Wesley, during their visit to Washington, D.C. last week. So he contacted the White House staff in the hopes of making a proposal plan. He says, I was planning on proposing to Jennifer over the Christmas holiday, and I thought, well, I'm at the White House. Why not see if I can make it work? The staffers and Sari's twins helped form the plan, and Michael dropped to one knee in the White House's family dining room. Because the theme of that room is family, and they just got through, and uh, they just go through and talk about how families are different. You have the family you're born into, the family you choose, the family that you make. So I just thought that theme was perfect, he says. Jafari said it was a happy surprise. She said he gets down on a knee, and I was just like, oh, my gosh, you're doing this? Okay. Uh, the proposal received the seal of approval from Sari's twins, as well as Jafari's 16-year-old daughter, Candace. And Candace said, I was happy because I know my mom's happy. Good for her. Yeah. Good for her. Yeah. You know, that's That actually is the right answer to what do you think about him. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, yeah. it's, it's their relationship. As long as she's happy, I'm happy. Yeah. Good for her. Mm. And But again, yeah. taking an event. That has nothing to do with you as a couple and turning it into it. Okay, fine. Oh, well. I just, I'm, I, again, not my thing. It's just not my thing. That's all. I, got you. I know yeah. we all have these little things. Yeah. You know, we all have pet peeves. Yeah. Um, and and uh, as a sidebar of the story, the, that ring was worth about $35,000 and now they're both being audited. Not, but I'm pumped. LifeRadio.fm. It is the Mark and Mac show and uh, the Festivus, which I don't know, Mark, when you and I have always talked about Festivus, yeah, you know, just yeah, as fun. Yeah. But, uh, but we, out of we that, do... <laughs> a new holiday was born. A Festivus for the rest of us. That's right, kids. <laughs> I think we should get the day off, you know. I just... <laughs> hey, Frank, I need the 23rd off. <laughs> no, no, you when you when you look back at that when we were working, you know, as younger people in, in business and things have changed over the last several decades. Oh my gosh, we're old. Mm, yeah. But you know, I remember, um, working Christmas Eve. Yeah. You know, it was a regular thing, a regular day at work. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I, I think about it now and I'm like, I, I don't think now most people work Christmas Eve, you know, yeah. I don't think, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm not really sure either. I really don't know. I know that, uh, yeah. 
I know that for the last decade, I didn't work Christmas Eve. Even though we just, right. know, I worked for a, an evangelistic organization. We took Christmas Eve off, you know? And, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know about the, I don't, I don't know about people who work in the real world, you know? Right. <laughs> well, I know there was this one guy and I'm not going to name him or anything else, but there's a radio guy and he was older and he actually did not treat his employees right. Okay. Oh no. He made them work on Thanksgiving day. Wow. He actually, yeah, he, he did not what let them turkey. have any of the, yeah. <laughs> and he never let him have any holidays off. Yeah. And I was doing some consulting work and, uh, in, in talking with employees, cause I was dealing with the whole thing of not just the technical aspects of the station, but the whole rigmarole. Mm. And after I got past the programming elements, you know, with him, he was like, well, would you mind analyzing the sales and all this? I'm like, all right, fine. Well, anyway, I'm talking with the employees and you know, what are the good and bad and blah, blah, blah. And boy, I'm going to be honest. If anybody comes in, especially a consultant, and they ask you, hey, be honest, not going to be used against you. Don't don't take that bait, you know, yeah, yeah. don't take that bait because the consultant is only there for a brief period of time. The owner is paying him, you know, so, yeah, yeah. yeah whatever you say is going to be used against you. But anyway, I'm talking to these employees and uh, they were talking about not being off on like Labor Day and Memorial Day. I'm like, well, that's not that uncommon on the air. Okay. From yes. uh, our standpoint, right. Uh, computers have made it possible for people to be off. So there's no need uh, for people to be there on a holiday anymore, mm -hmm. you know, because just because computers back in the day, we used to have to be there because you're playing records. Right. So there had to be somebody in the studio all the time. Yep. That's not the case anymore. And it hasn't been that way for over 20 years. So there is no need to work a holiday like a labor day or Memorial day, unless you know, you have something going on. And anyway, when they got to Thanksgiving, and by the way, this guy had salespeople. He made them come in. Wow. On Thanksgiving Day. Wow. I'm like, why? <laughs> what I mean, can, really, what can you why? accomplish? Yeah. Right. What what is your what is your thinking here? You know, and when I'm talking to the employees, I actually, you know, thought they were just finding a reason to gripe and I thought they were making that up. Hmm. And so I'm making notes, you know, and it's like that that sticks in my craw, right? On Christmas Day. He had them, he had, he scheduled a meeting at noon. Wow. Yeah. And I, it was like, so I'm talking to this guy and I'm asking, is this real? Okay. Or was there something special that happened? I mean, what was going on, you know? And he said, they're my employees. I pay them. They do what I say. Wow. And I'm not kidding. I looked at him and I'm like, really? So Thanksgiving day and Christmas day, you want them to show up. Unless it falls on a Saturday or a Sunday, you know, when they're not at, supposed to be at work. Hmm. And I'm not kidding. He really was like that, Mark. Goodness. And I thought, why does anybody work for him? Wow. Why does anybody put themselves in this situation to work for somebody who thinks huh. that because they own it, you do, you know, they own you. Wow. Did he at least yeah. let him put an extra lump of coal on the fire? I mean, you know, <laughs> anything like that? Was his name Ebenezer? I mean... <laughs> Yikes. This guy was oh the pits. Just oh the pits. my goodness! I know. I, I wish I was making that up. I really yeah. do. But I'm you know, and I know you know. I know there are bad owners, bad managers. I know that. Yeah. But that that is the worst. That's the worst one I could think of. Wow. And again, my question still is to this day, Mark. I think I I couldn't do. I could not work. I never did any more work for him after that. I don't. Blame you know, him. I, as yeah. a contractor, I just yeah. couldn't take the man's money. I'm like. 
I can't be a party to this. Wow. You know, because that just seemed wrong. Goodness gracious. Yeah. Count your, and bless- it really was. Count Why? your blessings if you didn't work for that guy. Right. But, you know, we live in a free country. You don't have to work for him. That was the other part. You know, I'm yeah, thinking. That's true. Why is he like this? And it, it really, I mean, for real. I, I mean, can you, have you ever had anybody that bad? No, no, I okay. never have. No, I've, you ever I've, had a bad one in the, in the, in radio, in the radio business, yeah. you do have, you do too. It's an, it, okay. <laughs> there are a lot of creative types. Okay. A lot of creative <laughs> yeah. types in the, in the radio business, a lot of them and working mm-hmm. with creative type people can get kind of strange. And then, and I, and I say that as one, okay, I am a creative, type, yeah. but I'm more on the engineering side of creative and not on the, on the crazy side of creative, but you end up working with some creative types and you also end up working with the opposite end of the spectrum mm-hmm. and the, yeah. the, the departments very, very rarely meet. And when they do, they kind of clash. And, and so you do have some weird experiences in the radio business. People who just don't, they don't understand the nuances of, mm-hmm. of music and the industry and things like that. And they insist, this is never going to last. We're not going to play any of this junk. And it, it ends up becoming the mm-hmm. mainstream, you know, because they're completely <laughs> wrong. And, and those, and that kind of head clash. And I know you've run into that yourself as well, that that kind of a, that kind of a clash of styles happens, but not somebody who would demand that you work now, not in the radio business, but I did work as a part-time not a part-time it was a full-time job in between radio jobs i did work for a guy one time who probably would have had us work on thanksgiving if it wasn't a federal holiday and he could get away with it you know (laughs) i did work for a guy like that once i mean and that and i've told you about him he's the guy i came in one day and the young lady who was always upset was as calm as she could possibly be because she figured the guy out was that he used to keep people emotionally in turmoil to keep them under control because if right. he kept them angry and upset, then he was the one controlling things, not them. Right. Right. And, uh, and that guy. But that's the worst I've had, I think. But that guy. Wow. Ebenezer. Yikes. I wonder if he got visited by three ghosts. LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac show. You know. Mark, we've had fun with Festivus today. <laughs> yeah. And as we're going to take off tomorrow and um, and Christmas, obviously. Yeah. Um, and going to take some vacation time between yeah. now and the new year. Yeah. But th- there, there is, I mean, beyond all the funny and all the Santa and everything else, there is an actual real meaning for all this. And we know this. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting is that one of the best explanations happened on a cartoon uh, (laughs) on network television back in the day Mm -hmm. way back when isn't there anyone who knows what christmas is all about sure charlie brown i can tell you what christmas is all about lights please and there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field keeping watch over their flock by night and lo the angel of the lord came upon them and the glory of the lord shone round about them And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. 
Begin your day with a smile. The Mark and Mac Show, weekday mornings only on liferadio.fm.